Welcome to the Real Thing Patriots podcast. I'm Matt Chatham, joined by Courtney Cox. We're actually streaming. We're doing a little bit of video here for the pod. Rarity, live here from the Wall of America. In uh, where is it? Minnesota? Minnesota. We're, yep, so. we're in Minnesota. It's really cold outside. So this is casual. Y'all that follow the pod know the pod well. This is not stuffy. I'm wearing a Johnny Lang t-shirt I here. I wish you had told me to dress yeah. a little more casual You'd have wore your it. Johnny Lang yes, t-shirt. So. Yes, yes. But, uh, you know, you guys know typically I do the show. I've probably got a whiskey with me and some snacks, and we're just plowing through the pod. It's that kind of feel here today as well. It's going to be a little different. Usually on our segments here with Courtney, she's pitching questions to me. I'm answering questions about media access, things like that, stuff going on with the players. This is a little different. I'm going to host, and we're going to back and forth throughout this show as we go through, like we always do, the pod with you people, where Courtney... As I'd go through some of this X's and O stuff, the real stuff that we like to dive into on the Real Thing podcast, I want her to question me, to sort of act as, what the heck are you talking about, Matt? As we dive into a concept that may not be familiar, I want her to ask the questions that you at home would be asking. And after the show, we'd like you all to continue to throw the questions back. Throw it at Nesson on Twitter, throw it at Courtney. or what's, At what's your, Cox Courtney. At Cox Courtney. At Chatham 58, send us questions. We're going to do a follow-up show later where we dive back into those things. Let's get into it now. This is only going to be about a 30-minute show, a little shorter than we typically do. Don't have to look back on the Jags game. Y'all know we've already covered that. Let's get in to these Eagles. So, and reminder, for, I, for those of you at home, I have not played in the NFL, so that is why I'm I'm sure you're confused. It's, it's a very important yes, distinction yes. to make. I did not play in the NFL. Yeah. I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall or something yeah, like good, that. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, all right, let's jump it's into a, it. It's a jumpy show, so now here we go. Know. All right, we're diving into the Eagles. Now, the way we're going to break this down, a little different than we do other times, we're just going to go segmented units. So we're going to go defense, and we're going to go against the, you know, the Patriots defense, against the Eagles offense, some of those highlighted points. Then we'll dive into the other side of the ball, finish with special teams, because you all know that I have to do that. So let's get into it first. We're going to call these musts, the musts that I think have to be accomplished. Now, we know this as we've done the show throughout the course this year. I like to really restrict our commentary to the stuff that we look back into, to the games that might be relative to the Pats. So my particular film study here, we stuck to the game a week ago against the Vikings, the Atlanta game after that, and then rolled it back a little bit to the Rams game. To me, that was the offense that, that fared the best, but that also has a little of those spread concepts, great back, good running of the football. They spread it around to a lot of different people, so I felt like that was the most relevant, and they put up a big number on the Eagles. So our commentary, a lot of stuff with here, all relates to those three teams. So must against the Eagle offense, very first one. Talking about, and I've actually mentioned this on some of the segments here with Courtney, with Zach, and with Doug Kide, the notion of no movement in the double teams. One of the most ridiculous things I saw on tape, Courtney, as we were watching this this week, is in that Vikings game, I haven't seen much of this this year. The, the Vikings defense is good. They have a really right. great front seven, right? The the Eagles front front uh, the offensive line with their guards and center tandems, the tackle and guard tandems, we're getting movement of these Vikings defensive linemen, number 93, 94. We're not doing visuals here, so we'll just kind of go by the, the numbers on the jerseys. Moving them beyond the linebacker level, just plowing them into the linebackers way down the field. So relative to this particular game, you're going to want to watch, if you're sitting watching at home, watch those interior offensive linemen. I know that you know, the guys calling the game may not direct your eyes there, but look for those Patriots defensive linemen and see if they're getting driven off the ball. You don't have to stare in the backfield. If they're getting that kind of movement, that's big trouble. Now, I wanted to ask you this because you guys have been more in tune to this as reporters down with media availability. Alan Branch, 
I think I make this point. It's curious to me if he might possibly be available because he would be one of those bigger bodies. If you're having issues with getting double team movement, does that guy come into play? What's the sense? Does he have a chance to be I think he does, and I also think Bill Belichick loves him, which I think is important. People that know the Patriots know that Bill Belichick, if he likes you, then there's probably a little bit more apt of you playing. I mean, obviously you have to be pretty good as well. Alan Branch is a great player, and I think if you look at this Eagles offense, you need everything that you can get. Yeah, and it's interesting to me that the guy with the most girth, as they've hit some teams that run the football well, wasn't used. But, again, I'm banking here very heavily on the notion that they're going to now be facing a team that's particularly good at something where you're going one body lighter than what you did at at other spots. I have a question when we're talking about this, though, because you talk about how the Vikings' defense all season long has been great. Yeah, yeah. But the Eagles blew them out. Yeah. So when you're the Pats, we started off pretty tough. And when I say we, I mean the Patriots. Sure tough on defense yeah so i mean uh, as a as a person who would like to see the patriots win i'm nervous about that yeah so one of the things that that i notice a lot in film study of these guys is that the vikings did a lot of things that get you beat and and some of these are actually further bullet points i have down here but one of the things that i would say is there's a formula and this is not the old blueprint that we always make fun of on the show it's not a blueprint to beat them but there are some things that if you do these particular things in your defensive fronts you're going to be screwed. It's just not going to work. And I, I think the Minnesota Vikings are a perfect example of playing high. If you're a defensive lineman and you stand up out of your stance, you're going to get driven off the ball. If, you, if, you're, if your eyes are in the backfield because Nick Foles is doing the, the run pass option, the RPO right. stuff, you get blown off the ball. If you do the kind of defensive fronts where you don't have a person in each gap, where you're relying upon safeties at the second level to come down and fill a hole, that doesn't work because if you're late to the hole, they, they blow you off the ball. So I think there's a way you have to play them. If you play the fronts that the Vikings use, you won't win. But here's the thing, and that's why we always talk about on this particular show about the importance of finding relevance to what you do. When you see Minnesota's fronts, the stuff that they use defensively, it's not what the Patriots run. So I'm having a hard time saying, okay, well, how would that relate? What's Where's the thread? really isn't one. So if you could find a team that was running these very nearly goal line fronts, six guys on the line, everyone aligned in the gaps, that's what the Pats do. It's hard to find something like that, so it's hard to predict how it'll go down. All right, well, that's good. Okay, so now handling the the second thing that I would say on the must is they need to handle the pick and screen pass stuff. So when you really looked at at this Eagles offense, it's it's concept-based. You you cannot, obviously we know that you have to stop the run. We say that each and every week, right? But when I talked about the run portion, it was the portion within the run that you'd have to take away that would help you get the run. And that's just movement of the double team. You build a wall, this is one of those offenses. That the backs are not incredibly over-the-top talented. They're good backs. J.J. is a good back. We know we have a ton of respect for what LeGarrette Blunt can do. But if you build the wall, it's someone you can win against. In the passing game, if these concepts show up, if they start to hit on these, and they did against, against the Vikings, uh, and even actually against the Rams, they moved the ball on them as well, then you're in trouble. And what I was mentioning here was this, the screen and pick concepts. So we know this. The Patriots run this. We get to see this all the time, the little pick routes where they stack one wide receiver on top of the next, and they run a little simple game. Why is that? It's because Nick Foles does not drop back and read the field. He's not dropping back and going five deep into his progressions. They run quick and easy little concepts. Oddly enough, it's a little like what Chip Kelly used to do before yeah. he was you know, now out of Philadelphia. But there's a real simplified game plan, I think, offensively with the Eagles. Not that it's simple in volume of plays. It's just he's meant to drop back. They're looking hard at one particular concept, whether or not they pick the defensive backs. And if they do, 
he gets it to them. If they don't, they don't have a play. And I think one of the things the Vikings did that you want to, you're going to watch closely in this game to see if the Patriots pulled off is are they able to win on these little minute things, which you can't get picked. You can't look surprised that you got picked. Right. So, But if you're the Patriots, are you trying to limit their – their their pass game or or, or their 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 run game because yeah. I thought that there was a lot of holes when they played the Jags. Yes. I mean the Jags ran all over the Patriots. Well, what I would say is again kind of back to the concept of of you're trying to take away one thing not just because you believe that in and of itself will win you the game like stop the run not necessarily because there's a certain number you have to get to to, to run defense. It's not like if you keep them under 100 you win. Yeah. It's by virtue of them being able to run the football then you have problems with the play action and the pass game. So you get into these concepts I'm talking about. So you have one receiver at one level, another right next to him. You can't see the two defensive backs sort of, you know, like the clown show stuff, like they're surprised that a pick came. This is like week yeah. 19, you know. Right. You played enough football by this point. So the idea is that if you let that run game get going, that's when you have those problems where the defensive backs, you know, their eyes are in the backfield because they're not quite sure if it's run or pass, and they run that concept, and then you're surprised. So the thing that I think is great for the Patriots, they've seen a little of this with some of the teams they played later in the year, but also you have that second week, and this is how game planning goes in the league. You get that two weeks of work. You pick out the, the dozen things they do really well on both sides of the ball, and you rep the heck out of it. So if, if you see Stephon Gilmore and, and maybe Eric Rowe or something like that run into each other, then they blew it, right? But I'm curious to see if they, they try more zone concepts because what happens in these pick routes when they start crossing one another, you can go man where you just glue it, but you really risk getting you know getting run into. If you zone, that means you pass it off. So as he crosses, you take his guy, he takes your guy, that kind of thing. So I'm interested to see that. So as you're sitting at home, again, we always try to pick out concepts on this show that you should hone in on, look for that. If you see them getting the pick game, that could be a problem. Now the third thing, and final, we'll kind of end up here on the offensive portion. If you could take away the run game, those concepts of movement in the offensive line, especially through the double, you're, you're, you're sitting great. You don't lose on these little easy concepts that gives Nick Foles the, 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 the immediate read, the screen game, the stuff like that. Then you're sitting pretty well. Thirdly, it's busted plays. And I, I think they've been fortunate, it would be one word, but I, it, you also have to credit when you take advantage of a mistake someone else is making, right, right Courtney? So I thought the Vikings did an unusually poor job with their eyes. And there were breakdowns. We remember the, the big pass play down the field to Torrey Smith. There were some awesome Jeffries plays. There were several moments where they did the throwback thing, the, the little uh, flea flicker deal. And the defensive back was. I'd say as a fan as well, flea flickers are always a crowd you favorite. Love it. I love it. every time I, I'm, I'm like, everyone hold They're on. Flicking fleas. Yes, it's the best thing it is ever. the best thing. So, but I, the reason I brought that up was, you know, we do this all the time where we talk about the rankings that someone has defensively, how they played against another offense. Well, that defense hadn't seen a lot of that, yeah, and it's it, trickery. They, they blew it, you know, and it's like okay. What did all those rankings that they have prior to that mean when they didn't step up in this particular moment? And, and it goes back to discipline, and that's what you need to win these championships. It's not who averages this, who does what. It's in those moments, do you, do you lax a little bit? So, In the locker room, do you know, I mean, obviously you're practicing those plays, those flea flickers, yeah. those trickery plays. 
is it when you're in dire need of really a comeback? Because that's when we've seen the Patriots the kind of pull them pull them out of their pockets. Yeah, well, now on the Pats' offensive side of the ball, they got creative a week ago when things yeah. didn't go well. I think defensively, when you understand that those teams are going to have to resort to things like that, it sends your antennas up. It's an old phrase that, that, that Romeo Cornell used to use. Rack would say, antennas up. Mm -hmm. Why? Because this is now when you should expect those kinds of things. So, again, just to, to summarize this all relative to the Patriots' defense against this group. No movement in the double team. Good. Win on these little concepts that they have that are not drop back pass like Tom Brady and read into your progressions. It's just a little pick game, a little screen element. Make everyone look over here, send the ball back over there. They rep the heck out of those things this week. The offense, you just start chopping pieces out of it. There's not a whole lot left. Uh, and then this final portion is you cannot have those two, three plays that, quite frankly, the Eagles gashed the Vikings with where someone just fell asleep. It's not the coverage call. It's not the ability of the guy doing it. Sometimes, because they've gotten that run game going, I think guys peak. You know, you look, and then all of a sudden your guy's gone. And that happened on three separate plays in the Vikings game. And it's just the kind of thing that if I'm sitting in that team meeting room with Bill Belichick this week, I know what he's saying. He's saying, we got you got to be smart. You got to use your eyes. Do your job. If you start peeking around and looking to see what Courtney's doing and looking to see what you know the next person's doing, we're going to get beat. Anyone can beat you. So that's and, kind of the. And I also there. think when they're talking about you know don't let this offense, this this Eagles offense, get too ahead of us. Don't depend yeah. on that fourth quarter for the Pats offense oh, yeah. to bring them back. If you're yeah. the Pats defense, you want to make sure that you're hitting this offense and making sure that later on we're not trying to pick up slack. Yeah, and I would say that that's 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 a great point because this. It's often used in a negative connotation, the notion that a team is an air quote front runner. I think the Eagles are a great front runner. I think that's a compliment because mm -hmm. when they get out in front, they force teams to guess because everything is sort of an and or maybe this kind of deal with their right. offense. You don't want to be in a situation where they've opened up the whole book against you and you're guessing which one of the things to stop. So this is a this is a bad team to get down 14 to. This is a bad team to get down 21 to. Not from the perspective of what the Patriots offense would need to do against them, but because it really opens the full book for the other side of the ball. Right. So moving on here, we're gonna go to the other side. And I'm gonna go must. Obviously the must against the Eagles defense. So in a similar vein, the few things that if you can take these particular things away, it doesn't guarantee victory, but it puts you way ahead of the curve. So with the Vikings defense Oh, I did that again. I actually wrote this I in know. my notes. You know this. Eagles defense. Had to had to tell myself. Locate and find Malcolm Jenkins, right? Now, he's one of the bigger names guys on that side of the ball. He's a really good player, uh, but he's unusual. He's unusual in this in that Malcolm Jenkins, like a lot of safeties in the league, can be a back-end player. But I had a hard time as I'm watching film against these guys in several games, not just calling him a down safety, almost like a linebacker. And the thing about it, I don't know, I don't have his dimensions in front of me here, but Malcolm's a, he's a safety. I mean, he's a safety body who stands a lot where linebackers do. And there's plenty of film, and I know Minnesota didn't didn't capitalize. They didn't finish a lot of these drives off. But there's a lot of great film of the tight ends of the Vikings getting on Malcolm because, and that's what you should do. When you get a defensive back down the box, you should kick his butt. I mean, that's, that's just because physics comes into play. You weigh 40 pounds more than a guy, you should get on him. Offensive lineman, they may weigh 70, 80 pounds more right. than him. They get on that guy and move him. Where the, where the Eagles have really made hay throughout the course this year is hiding him or having him pop up in unusual spots and the offensive line not locating him, not being able to maybe check a play, check a call over where, you know what, 
Why, we have something called over here, but we've got a 210-pound <laughs> defensive back in the box. And it's he's a great player. It's not to deride him at that. It's, it takes a special skill because you, you have to have something about you to want to be down in the box if you're a smaller body type. But if he can be located, he can be walked into the secondary. We saw it a lot. But what was what was frustrating, I guess, as a defensive player watching this, or as just a Patriots analyst trying to figure out why offenses aren't taking advantage of this, you would see the offensive would climb to him, walk him literally 10, 12 yards down the field, and the ball's going the other direction, right? It's right. So I think this is sort of a... You know, you know how Brady loves to get all that pre-snap information. He likes to figure out where things are going on. Pausing, let them shift. Maybe motion a guy yourself to see how the safeties rotate. What are they doing? There's Malcolm. If we got to check the run side, the other side, it makes sense to do it. So I, I don't know. Have you guys gotten a chance to talk to him or see him much this week? He seems like such a cool personality, great leader and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, he does seem like a good personality. But, no, we haven't really talked to him at all, at all. Uh, this week just because, I mean, it has been crazy down here, <laughs> if you can imagine. Uh, Busy with snowboarders and boxers. Yes, and, you know. and, and other NFL players. <laughs> other it's, NFL players. It's nonstop. It's also very awkward to ask an NFL player, like, so Super Bowl week, you guys aren't Super here, Bowl. but exciting week. <laughs> Who do you want to see win? Yeah, exactly. Well, so anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep this football-y, I know, for our, our particular show. But I thought one of the things that when I was watching that, it's not like, hey, go beat up him. Yeah. And it's not as if I've located something that every other team can't. But why I think this is a unique point to the Patriots, because they run a lot of check with me, they run a lot of Tom has autonomy. Tom has the ability to stand at the line and say, Okay, you know, change the play call, exchange the tight end, do something where they move around to go take advantage of that. And, and defenses do those kind of things because most offenses aren't versatile enough to do as much. But this is a unique offense. They can look and find out where your, where your weakness is. And I'm interested to see that. I want people at home that watch this show, or listen to the show usually, uh, where we're trying to give you keys. I think pace, which was something we actually talked a lot about on last week's show with the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Patriots got down, had a couple bad series in that first half, and then they picked up the pace, and then they came back. The only issue is if you pick up the pace, and if we see the Patriots have to put themselves in a situation where they have to do that to move the ball, that prevents you with pace from being able to change sides, for Tom to read the whole situation. Pace, Sometimes it gets messy. Yes. But well, because well, we, the way that works, Courtney, is if you're going to go deep into the clock yeah. to, to read them, you're not going fast, right? If you go fast, you don't get the read. So it's kind of the end or a lot of people be, hey, man, let's go fast. You know, then they won't be able to adjust. But when you go quickly to prevent them from adjusting, you also prevent yourself from being able to read what they're doing. As a defensive player, what would you rather see? What is easier for them to go fast or for them to slow things down? So I would say where the Patriots go fast, it take it, what it does is it, it prevents them from being able to substitute, right? So if you're going quickly, you're up to the line, they're not going to run a guy on or off. And if they do, that's when the Patriots do the, the quick snap, and you'll see Tom get 12 or 13 guys on the field. So I think there will be, and again, we always do this on the show. I'm not making a suggestion that would, would be exclusive to all 12 drives they have. Right. You'll see segments of this, a drive where it's necessary. Do it, don't do it. Do it, don't do it. But I don't think you can go exclusively hurry up throughout oh. because you lose your ability to to read you you have the greatest quarterback in the nfl and one of the best things he does is figure out how your safeties are going to rotate let the cornerbacks move off and on the ball so he finds out where the off guy is or who wants to target lets them move a little bit pre-snap as he barks under center to make them jump and then all of a sudden he figures out how gronk's going to be covered if you go fast you don't get that information so that's kind of the difficult part so moving on use the clock and exploit the tendency now this is kind of similar point about 
when I say use the clock, this is back to my old, <clears throat> I played for the Jets, and you guys remember that? We don't like to talk about that much. But, but you did? Yes. Yeah, so but in those Jets days, we actually had a, a, a competitive game that we actually won in New England at Gillette. At Gillette. And it was one of, the, one of the things that we did that, that worked, that they eventually figured out when we played them again. But on that day, it was letting Brady take it all the way down and not moving until he did. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I think Brady can do best with it. Oh, I don't understand how you even prep yourself to do that, though. It's just it's it takes crazy uh, that uh, whole restraint. Week, that is yes, it, crazy restraint because the the temptation is to run up you know run up and press right. your guy or to move a little bit or to I don't start know how to you train your body though. To start do that. to it's just they'll yell at you and take you out if right. you don't do it. <laughs> Fair. That's yeah, fair. That's, 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 that's how it works. So, uh, the thing here is, as I think this now, I made that point to how a defense once did that against Tom, to not tell what you're doing, stand like you're in a fence, give him no information. He's not doing it for real, so there's no reason for you to do it to real. But what I think Tom can do this week is fake it, get under center aggressively working it all the way down to the clock but making a move why because the eagles with shorts are big on their pressure packages they're big on having one corner be off at like eight yards and the other guy pressing you get that information and i think tom can really really take advantage of these guys as i watched it it's a readable thing but what i want to see him do is i want to see him take advantage of their tendencies and we haven't really touched on running game yet because we're kind of trying to fly through this but clearly the patriots need to have one it's it's a consistent theme we always talk about on the show the notion of that thing being there for them each and every week presuming the running game is there presuming you're getting threes and not ones you know fours and not twos you're getting yourself into third and comfortable the biggest blaring, glaring, whatever tendency you folks at home will see as you watch this game is Schwartz uh, dialing up blitzes, pressures, the five-man things on third and manageable, we call it. So third and under five. You get third and under five, Schwartz is coming with the guys. So you know that. So you know where the fifth is coming. So on third down, don't, don't snap it with 18 seconds on the play clock. Right. Let it go down. Why? Because they eventually have to show where it's coming from. And if Tom knows where that fifth guy is coming from, He's going to toast him. Is it hard, and this might be a dumb question, but you talk about, we've talked a lot about Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt yeah, being on yeah, that, yeah. and it's been so close. So yeah. they know a lot of the guys on this team. So yeah. are they now giving, I don't want to say secrets, but kind of secrets from the locker room from what Tom might be doing during this game? I was that guy, <laughs> and uh, I only had so much information. And really? it might have been helpful for one game. And the, the reality of it, I don't want to oversell how important it was. I gave enough tips that I thought would be helpful, and it changes in a year's time. It just—it's the reality of it. it. It's they'll know you know certain things. Snap count something that say Chris Long will yeah. know in his year. He's—he's he's heard Tom's cadence a right. hundred times. He's watched these tackles. It might help you steal a play. The offense is pretty close to what it was. The scheme in, in, is yes. Yeah, but again, with Chris's situation. He's a pass rusher. He's really good at what he does. I think you actually bring up a really interesting point with Chris because when he was there, he's a you know a rotating defensive line guy a year ago. Marcus Cannon's the right tackle. Uh, now Cam Fleming and Ladron Waddle. We don't know this going into game day. Which of the two is going to be the guy? How much work has he done against them? In, in, in practice, the, the the front line defensive guys get to go against the backups more. Yeah. So there's a likelihood here that Chris Long. Maybe seeing Adrian or maybe seeing Cam, and he saw them a lot in practice. So those will be fun little, little things be. to zoom in on and look at. But back to the tendency idea, just to close that up, 
third, third down pressures, third down pressures, third down pressures. If you're watching at home, this is something you can really hone in on. This is something you can pay attention to. Chatham and Courtney told me to just look for that fifth guy. Courtney, it was really Courtney's yeah, information. Guys, he's literally just, reading my notes. I'm microphoning here yeah. just from yes. her. I'm in, I've climbed in her head. So look for that and, and how they handle it, quite frankly. If Brady's, you know, hurriedly throwing it off a back foot at someone's feet, then he didn't he didn't get the information he needed. If he gets it, he's gonna toast it. Right. So moving on. Uh, final thing here on this this particular thing. Uh, I want you at home to appreciate the Eagles defense. And you should they, they've earned a ton of respect. He didn't get here without being a very good crew. But they're also the kind of crew uh, Fletcher Cox is really good over the ball. Amazing last uh, name. There's a lot of yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly, my last name. Exactly. And clearly yeah. your cousins. Yeah. So <laughs> twins. Twins. Fair enough. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but th there are guys on that defense that can make negative plays and give up big positive plays. And because they're an aggressive, gashing, try to get negative plays kind of defense, those kind of defenses also have holes. And what I noticed a lot about Fletcher Cox, as good as he is, you know, a top of the league kind of guy, he plays really high. Mm -hmm. And what that means to an offensive line, I'm going to be watching Shaq Mason. I want people at home to be watching Shaq Mason. That's going to be an excellent matchup. They're willing to move Cox even over center sometimes, so you may get uh, in a one-on-one -on -one situation with Andrews. But what happens is it's called line slanting. So say you're a defensive lineman, I'm one, there's another one on the side of you. Mm -hmm. They do a lot of this stuff where they slant the whole line. We all go right. You know, right. we're all aligned over an offensive lineman, and we all go right. What happens on those situations, they're banking on each one of the guys getting through a gap and creating negative negative stuff. So then the offense has to cut back. The running has to go away from where we're slanting. Or a lot of times, these dudes get in the backfield and make a play. The problem is when you slant and it goes away, a lot of defensive linemen have a habit of standing up. Fletcher, I think, has a bit of a bad habit there. And again, I'm not knocking him. Because you want to stay low the entire time. Yes, if he doesn't stay low, especially against Tooney's not the biggest guy in the world. Shaq Mason's one of the best guys at playing with low leverage. Yeah. And I saw the Vikings gash them. And again, it's not going to look like that because the score ends up being so, you know, so good on, for, for their side. But there are going to be a ton of opportunities where you get them slanting and you tip them over, right? So I, I'm interested to see Deion Lewis, James White, any of these guys, how effectively they cut back as these full-line slants go. If you start seeing full-line slants and you start seeing Deion having to make a cut in the backfield three yards behind the ball, James having to do the same kind of thing, uh, Burkhead, who we don't know what role he'll have in right. there, that's bad ball. But I think, and you can go back to Todd Gurley's game, that was the LA game earlier in the year, they really gashed him on this stuff. Get guys leaning, falling over. And so we'll watch full, I want you at home to watch the full line slant and see how the Patriots handle. That'll be a big key for me in the game. Now, you know it folks, we've been listening to the Real Thing Patriots podcast all year. You know we gotta touch on teams. So we're gonna do this here as just sort of a, a fall away point. It, it kills me to my core to downplay special teams a little bit. But I'm, I'm. Bill Belichick definitely doesn't downplay special do teams, so we shouldn't either. So we shouldn't either. But there was something that came out of film that made me think that if I'm a teams guy, I might be a little frustrated with this week. Philly's kicker puts the ball in the end zone every freaking time. 
I, I got a sense that they're not going to want to test the kick return unit, and it, there may be touchbacks on every single return, which is obnoxious. I hate it. Now, the Patriots, on the flip side, on their kick return team, they'll hang it up. They yeah. want to get that extra five yards. They want to get them on the 20. But as I was watching it, you know, I wanted to get in and say, okay, what could the return game do today? Right. What could Dion get? What, what kind of return will work great against the Eagles? They just kept burying the ball time after time after time. So it might not be a part of that. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time breaking yeah. it down and telling you, here's what they should run, because I'm not sure it'll be a big factor. So that sends your attention. It really cuts things in half. Now we're talking about punt. So one of the things that I wanted to highlight here, this is more haha, and you'll see a graphic on this show as we go through this. I've never seen anything like this in my life. But when you're on punt team, you know, the punt team kind of looks like a little offensive yes. line, Courtney. All those guys, that's that's the old positions I played. I played the right guard, which is just like a right guard on offensive line, but you're, you're on a punt team. Stand with your legs staggered, one leg in front of the other, kind of look like an offensive line. The Eagles do this goofy. I, I don't know else how to explain it. Goofy. Goofy. They stand with their feet parallel to one another, and they squat. It kind of looks like they're pooping. And it's also very hard. It is hard because you sit there and yeah. you burn your quads. But they have this goofy parallel stance squat thing where they all across the line. And you'll see the graph. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I have no idea who taught them this, what special teams got guru. He says, everyone squat as if you're pooping, and then you'll get down the field to make a play. I don't get it. And I'm just I'm curious at what Joe Judge does with this because it's not just a haha point. Yeah. It's very difficult to pass protect. Say if you were an offensive tackle and yeah. you're watching, you know, Nate Solder or or you know, or we don't know if it's Fleming or Ladrid, if they stood with their feet next to one it another makes zero sense. And tried to kick step, yeah. you'd you, the guy you'd give up a sack every play. Right. Because you'd be understepping yourself, it's gone. You'd you take a false step, right? So they do that to help you release down the field. So a balanced stance can be helpful if your only you know, modus operandi here is to get down the field and freaking make the tackle. Yeah. But if they punt rush, that stance, I know when I was in those groups, you could pick those guys. If you get wide enough and make them go, they'll understep themselves. So as you're watching at home, see, pay attention. If the Patriots- Have uh, they been doing it all season? The, the, the Eagles, yeah. well, the only three games I watched. Okay. So it's not as if it's a new technique or something like that. But in all three games they have. Yeah, and if the teams are doing punt rush stuff, uh, punt rush meaning, uh, or I'm sorry, punt hold up, which is mm -hmm. I'm going to block you, we're going to try to get a good return behind us. Yeah. That, the balance stance stuff is good for you because it's you can release from it. You can go either way. See, we're, I would think the staggered stance would be better. Now, well, well, the staggered stance allows you to release to the leg that's back. Yeah. So think about it. You, you take a step back and you run right, right to that leg. But when you're when you're balanced, that's kind of like the the gunners. You see gunners, the guys that are extended out on punt yeah. team, they do that. Why? Because when you're balanced, you can go left to right, you can go either okay. way, right? Okay. And you can punch. You know, you have your. It's kind of like imagine this is going to be a really meathead point, but if you were doing like a squat kind of thing at the gym, kind of yeah. deal, you would never squat with your with your legs staggered. Squat balance, right? Right. You can you can go no, either that way. That would be very bad for your. That knees. would be weird. Bad for your knees. Bad for your groin. Yes. All that stuff. Ice bags for weeks. So. <laughs> Now the last, so I, I don't know. I just it, to me it was a quirky thing. Yeah. We look for little oddball oddities here on this particular show. Keep an eye out if the Patriots draw up some sort of unique punt rush to either force a punt to be a dog out of bounds, just to put some pressure on the punter, maybe block one. You know, that, a block punt in a Super Bowl, man, you'll you'll be bronzed for life. That's right. a good thing as a special teams player. So um, I saw that. I thought, wow, that's the kind of thing I would pick the guy. I would rush his edge. I would do any kind of manner of way to make him understep himself because he's in a bad position to start the play. Keep an eye on that in the game. Final thing here, it's possession, and it's it's really smart blocking. 
Gene Steratore, Steratore has the uh, game this week. He loves him some flags. He does a lot of laundry. Oh, I saw you <laughs> tweeted about yes. this. Yes. So, you know, and, and those are the kind of games I hated as a special teams player because you're a backup. You're not making the max salary stuff. You're not, you know, you're you're there to do your job. You want to make a play. You want to do something to help positively affect your team. And special teams is a little bit of a war. I mean, you're mm-hmm. out there in space. You're grappling with another. It's not as clean as an offensive and defensive play. You kind of need to be allowed to grab and hold and, and, you know, beat each other up. And the reality of that is it's, it's because they get to do it to you. And that's the cool part, Courtney, because when you're a coverage player on special teams, if I'm a jerk to the other guy, he gets a chance on the next play to come back and do it to me. Yeah. So I'm going to punch you in the mouth because I don't think you can punch me in the mouth. That's, that's usually the thing. So um, if, if you're going to try to do it, you have to be able to receive it as well. But I think with Gene, you're not going to be allowed to, and I hate that. So it's tough to be as aggressive as I think you need to be on a punt return if it's a very flag-happy crew. So hope they get one with Danny Amendola. I'm a little bit hesitant to say that that, allowed, that part of the game is going to be allowed to happen. So maybe we just see a lot of hung-up punts yeah. and fair catches. So you're on the let them play. Oh, yeah. I'm the, I am let the let them, them play. play. I'm the let them play parade. Every float has a let them play banner. All uh, right. So, uh, final thoughts. We're heading out of this thing. As I mentioned, this was meant to be just a little back and forth between Courtney and I. Bring some things up. I'm sure as we click the camera here, we'll talk about 20 other things that may not have made sense that I tried to bring up. And that's what I want you guys at home to do. Ask some questions. Bring it back. We'll do some follow-up segments later where we explain something in a little better detail if I miss it now. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in this game. We are not obviously able to cover them this breath of a show. But I'm going to send out a bunch of videos on my account throughout the rest of the week, breaking down specific plays that reference the stuff we talked about on the show. And we're doing a lot of behind-the-scenes content uh, throughout the week. We'll be here showers. through the game. No, not no, showers. No, not, no, that, not, not, not that, that behind that the scene. Chatham. Not that. We're close. Hey. We're not that close <laughs> with them. Uh, but, no, we're doing so many fun things here. The Fair week enough. is crazy. We'll be here through the game, so you want to make sure to uh, keep it going with Chatham, but also Nesson.com will have you covered. Hit us all. Great to talk to you folks. That was the Real Thing Patriots podcast. I'm Matt Chad, and this is Courtney Cox. Cox. See you. Enjoy the game.